Welcome back to another Valley Sports Plug Roundtable Live. It's March 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Patrick, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Michael Benjamin. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic, ready to rock. I went online today and ordered a new hydraulic for my chair, so I won't be sinking and <laughs> floating. Hopefully, hopefully it works. But man, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. We we haven't done too many of these pop culture streams, you know. We uh, of course primarily cover Valley sports, but we also say we cover pop culture. So here we are. We're going to talk about some uh, little sports and pop culture overlap with the D book and uh, Bad Bunny beef that's been manufactured. Going to talk about that a little bit, and then just kind of you know movies, summer blockbusters coming up, some movies coming out here pretty soon, and uh, maybe some music and video games. Kind of see where the night takes us. What do you think? I'm with it, man. Maybe talk some GTA. I have a feeling Bad Bunny's just mad because he's signed with Adidas and not Nike like Devin Booker. So that's Ooh. probably where it stems from. But we'll get into that. Super excited for tonight, though. Oh, yeah. And you know, when we're doing a roundtable, we got to bring in some guests. So with us this evening is our man, Ian, the guy that tested the headline feature. What's up? How you been, Ian? Not too bad. How about you? can't complain man live in the dream as they say absolutely that's all we hope to do that's all we can do absolutely so we were uh we were texting here kind of putting together the topics for the show and uh you hadn't heard about this uh devin booker bad bunny beef had you no i haven't i i only have a very loose understanding of who bad bunny is as a person in general i know he's a rapper i don't think i've ever heard any of his music but yeah, honestly, yeah. I would I should have done a little more homework to know. I'm sure he has like a Billboard song or one that like if you heard it you'd be like, "Oh, I know that song." But I know he's like pretty like world renowned because he's I think a Puerto Rican uh singer or something, so more of a global appeal. Um, you know, the Americans, the Spanish speaking countries and and all around the world. So, I know he's a big name, but I'm with you and I'm not super familiar with his music. But um Mike, how familiar are you with Bad Bunny? Oh, man, I know Bad Bunny. My goodness. I feel like he tours in Arizona like at least three times a year. Last year, he had multiple concerts. He's probably one of the biggest kind of Latin singers slash rappers, however you want to describe him. Who knows it nowadays? You know, singing is rapping nowadays. I don't know how any of it goes, but he's definitely world renowned. I mean, like I was saying earlier, he, the dude has a shoe deal. Uh, I think one of the other guys I know that's kind of in the similar space would be Jay Balvin. Not don't know as much as about him as well, but he has a shoe deal with Nike. So these guys are very, very popular. But it's crazy to see what it all it all stemmed from. Of course, the Kardashians. I feel like they're still at the at the top of pop culture and what people are just still talking about, and it's because of. Devin Booker's ex, right? And they're shacking up now, Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny. Yeah, I mean, talk about a family that deserve, does not deserve fame. I mean, where did their fame really start? Was it Robert Kardashian defending OJ Simpson or was it Kim Kardashian banging Ray J? I don't know, but people like to, to keep up with them. I was actually, before you guys hopped on, uh, just out of curiosity, I had to look up Kendall Jenner's extensive dating history. Um, which I thought it would be a little more, but just some standouts. I mean, I don't want to get too derailed, but this is kind of an old, I don't want to call it a joke, but like 
Kendall Jenner's dated a lot of NBA players. <laughs> so I just wanted to like kind of po- pull you guys or like what would be your starting five of the all Kendall Jenner team? Because um, we won't even include like I know I think her sister dated um, Tyson, not Tyson, um, T- Christian, Th- no, Thompson. Help me out here. Tristan Thompson? Chloe. Yeah. Chloe dated Tristan Thompson. That's yeah. Well, well, dude. And then Kim has dated a whole bunch as well. Like, well, that's true. She was married to Chris, Chris Humphreys. Humphreys. Yeah. I think Chloe dated Lamar Odom as well. Made him go oh, crazy cool. off the deep end. Yeah. But the that's one thing right. about the one thing about Kendall is she can for sure feel the starting five in the NBA and probably have like a bench unit. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So let me list these off here. And a couple of them I didn't know about. Like, did you know she dated Chandler Parsons for a brief stint? No. That's honestly a contender for my uh, all-gender team here. That's your starting three right there. Nice three and D guy. Yeah. Yeah, put him in the corner. He'll, he'll lock the, lock him up, put the threes up. But you also got Jordan Clarkson, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, Kyle Kuzma, and, of course, our man, Devin Booker. Most recently, they dated from 2020 to 2022. Um, honestly, like Ben Simmons is kind of whack, but he's decent. Uh, you know, you're being the Nets fan. early already, dude. Dang. <laughs> well, let's let me ask you this: uh, it, When we put him on the team, is he gonna be the Ben Simmons that he was when he was dating Kendall Jenner? Because then, it's not it's not a bad pick at all. So that's 2018-2019 76ers Ben Simmons, I think. Yeah, it's like maybe a year removed from winning Rookie of the Year. Dang, he so, really got Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's the same thing. You got to talk about these other guys and like their their height of their game too. I mean, Blake Griffin was probably one of the top twenty guys in the NBA at one point early in his career. Yeah, so absolutely. if you take all those guys in their primes, man, you might be able to put them up against the freaking uh, 90, 96, 97 Bulls and the, the Warriors from a couple of years ago, man. Yeah, I mean, a couple of those guys are all-star caliber. I mean, Devin Booker was an all-star. Uh, Blake Griffin, I'm pretty sure, was a multiple-time all-star. Ben Simmons had to be an all-star, right? It went in Rookie of the Year, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Fact-check me there. He, two, he two times, I think. Yeah. Either way, though, that's that's some pedigree. And also, my, like we said, my sleeper there is Chandler Parsons. But don't want to get too dera- derailed here. I do want to talk about this Booker and Bad Bunny beef because from my understanding, it all started uh, with a song that – Bad Bunny was, and I feel it feels weird saying that that there's an artist named Bad Bunny, um, and I don't know if it, whether to call him Bunny or Bad or I, if I have to say the whole thing every time. But he was featured on a song. I don't know who the artist is. Uh, forgive me, but one of the lines it was in Spanish, but the translation is "I'm not bad, baby. That's a gimmick." But the sun in Puerto Rico is hotter than in Phoenix. She knows it. So. Like Mike said, maybe is that a shot at Devin Booker? I mean, he comes through here a lot, so maybe it's just an observation. Like, oh, you know, the sun, the sun in Puerto Rico is a little hotter than when I go There's, to Phoenix. There is just too much of a correlation for it to not be about Devin Booker. Come on. I did want to say one thing though before we dive into this a little bit more. Chris, you said Devin Booker was an all-star. Come on, Devin Booker is an all-star. Shemantics, shemantics, whatever the saying is, you know he is. That's true. That's true. And I expect he'll be a perennial all-star year after year snubbed this year because of the injury, but you're right, Mike, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. But then 
My understanding is uh, Devin Booker fired back, um, replying on his Instagram or something like that, and said, uh, "There he goes, uh, worried about another um, man again or something like that," and capitalized "man." So mm-hmm. it seems like I got to side with Booker here, not just because I'm a Suns fan and I got to back my boy Devin Booker, but it just seemed like such an unprovoked attack from Bad Bunny. I mean. Obviously, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes if, like, he's texting Kendall or they're texting each other. But it's just like, Bunny, you're, you're with her. Why are you uh, Why are you taking shots at her ex? That seems kind of kind of petty. <laughs> hey, when you're that high profile, sometimes you just got to keep your name in the tabloids to make sure the eyes are still on you. Uh, I'm not surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – you know, Booker and Kendall were still cordial. You know, they had their on-again, off-again relationship anyways, where they took some time off, then came back together, then finally, you know, they they split and went their separate ways. But when you're with somebody for that long, just I would hope that you could still be cordial. And may, exactly, he might feel some type of way about it, drops it in a song. But hey, there's, there you go again. Devin Booker, that's what, number two? For the list of shout outs and major songs, started off with Drake. Now Drake. he's on to Bad Bunny. Hey, good record. Good I mean, I, I, li- I think I like the Wet Like I'm Booked line a little bit better, but hey, get, gets Devin Booker's name out there some more. People know who he is. It seems like, Ian, and maybe you could back me up on this. It seems like outside of Arizona, people really don't like Devin Booker that much. And I don't quite understand. I guess because of his game, because like off the court, he's a real like, pretty quiet guy it seems like it's well he, he has that dog in him for sure so it is a little bit of that game you know a lot of people hated kobe and he he has flashes of kobe in the way he plays um but as i'm listening to you guys talk about him responding to bad bunny in a, in an instagram post i think that is a pretty good summation of why people don't like Devin Booker so much is because he he can't seem to just let things go like he has to respond every time there's a criticism about him or something like that and that's how he gets into it with Luca so much it not even just Luca there's whole other teams that he's gotten into scuffles with he it seems like he's incapable of taking the high road when it comes to some situations like that and I think when he gets older he'll figure it out like you know i don't have to respond anytime someone throws shade my way but as of now man he he really does just he has to he has to say something back he has to get the last word in every time um so i i I think i i think it's mostly the way he carries himself while he's on the court not so much what he actually does on the court if that makes any sense at all Oh, definitely. Mike, what are you thinking? I was going to say, and the way that he does it is so subtle. It's so sly. Sometimes it can come off as a little bit arrogant, right? And that can rub people the wrong way. So I totally see where you're coming from. And that Kobe, you know, conversation is always going to be there with him because we know that he was a mentor with him. Kobe was a mentor for a lot of people, but, oh, he's just one of those guys if he's not on your team you don't like him but if he's there and he's riding with you you love him to death so i'd rather be in that boat uh than the other one because my goodness did we have to put up with plenty of years where i had to hate kobe bryant because he was so damn good 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I was think, literally thinking the same thing. Like that's how I always felt about Kobe is like, I hate this man, but I, I respect his game so much because he's so good. But I also used to love making fun of Kobe because he was the original ball hog. Like dude never passed. Like anytime I'm playing pickup and guys just chucking up shots without passing, I'm like, Oh, Kobe over here. Like, but you, if, but Kobe, like, I feel like he made a pretty decent percentage of his shots. He was usually like a 450% shooter or something like that. Anyway, this whole thing it's a little ridiculous. Um, I also think there was another line in that song where he said, like, uh, Luca, step back, whoa, or something like that. Um, and it's it's really curious and uh, interesting, this budding rivalry he has with Luca. I mean, they do go at it, and I love it. It gets chippy. But Luca is not very much a likable person either. And I don't know if that's just my perspective, but he just – the way he cries and flails and wails and – complains to the ref it's like i know a lot of nba players do that even booker does that to some extent but just something about luca man it, it almost makes me uh think of like when people say uh, you know that guy has a punchable face <laughs> dude but the truth is you can look at it the exact same way i mean you just said it too booker does some of those exact same things like he's eight years in and he still hasn't figured out how to talk to the refs the right way that's why he doesn't get calls sometimes like you gotta schmooze over the refs sometimes and get on their good side which luca does right he gets all buddy buddy and mm -hmm. i mean he plays a different style for sure and forces contact a little bit more but another same kind of situation if he's with you you love him to death if you he if he's against you, you freaking hate him because he's over here dropping 36-point triple-doubles every other night, it seems. Yeah. No, and that's so true. And, like, even on, like, a significantly smaller scale, I've noticed that in the past, like, three seasons playing in these adult leagues with you, Mike, it's like we had a really tough season the first time we put a team together a couple years back where it just felt like I almost felt like the refs were out to get us or we got a reputation where the refs were not going to give us the benefit of the doubt whatsoever. We, we would chirp and talk back and it just got worse and worse. And now this season, I, it helps that we're winning a lot. We were undefeated shout out, but uh, I'm I just, I let it go. I don't say anything to the refs. I just try and keep my head down, play my game. If there's a bad call, it's like, I'll roll my eyes. I might say something to you, but like, I feel like it's been a much better experience and like, Hopefully Booker learns that. I mean, he's what, 26, 27, something like that. So hopefully as he goes on in his career, he'll learn to keep some things to himself. I mean, it's it's no problem. Like every NBA player, I feel like can the NBA refs are approachable enough to where you can go up and be like, hey, what, what did you see on that call? Like this guy, I, I was, from my perspective, I saw this and like talk about it. But when you're straight up just complaining night in and night out, like the refs talk, you got to believe that these refs are talking and they have a perception of players built up to where it's like, um, who's the guy that Chris Paul is always beefing with? Um, Scott Foster. Yeah, right? Scott, yeah. Scott Foster. And like, to where it's like, you can't tell me like at a certain point, it's like, you can't tell me that it's a coincidence that anytime Scott Foster is ref in a Chris Paul game, he's like only one, two out of 19 or something like that. I don't know the exact number, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> Tony brothers, I think is another one that just makes some terrible calls. Oh man. Oh, did did you guys see that Ben Taylor got demoted from some of his games as well? Was was so that legit? That, the guy who uh, got into I, it with Fred VanVleet? I think so. I mean, unless I was reading it from like the Onion, uh, but uh, yeah, he I actually can't got believe demoted. the talk. I can't believe the talk worked. That's just crazy. Bullying works. Don't let it fool you. <laughs>
Hey, sometimes you just got to shame them, man. That's the only way. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, we are here to talk some pop culture, guys. So we got this Booker Bad Bunny beef. I don't expect it to go much further. Um, Booker said his piece. Bunny, Bad Bunny, Mr. Bunny. I don't know. He's he's doing his thing. He's making a lot of money. He's He's got the girls. So if there's more to follow up on, believe believe that we'll we'll let you know but what else do we have on the docket for tonight some some movies coming up some uh summer blockbusters if you will uh i was just checking out some of the trailers for ones i'm excited about um right off the bat the first one i put on my list is uh, is i don't necessarily think you call it a summer blockbuster because i think it comes out tomorrow or friday but john wick four ian where are you at with the john wick franchise i think i'm a movie behind but i like john wick it's it's a fun time, man. Like, it's not, you're not going into it expecting to, you know, have it challenge your worldview or anything like that. It's just like a fun action popcorn movie, but it exceeds, succeeds very well at doing that. Um, so I might catch up. Um, I don't think it's one I'm going to see in theaters, but I'll definitely check it out on streaming or something. I want to catch up on the John Wicks for sure. Yeah, it's it's a good time, honestly. Like I didn't see it when it like initially came out, or even probably for a couple years after that. Um, and then my fiance was like, "Oh, we gotta watch John Wick," and I'm like, "Okay, I've heard, you know, everyone knows like guy kills his dog, he goes berserk." But it, I didn't realize like what I really love about it is like he actually reloads his weapon. Like a lot of the times you see these shootout movies where there's pow, 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 and you're like, "How many rounds are in that tiny little magazine?" Like. But he like reload and he'll like pin the guy down with the gun and like pop the mag out, toss in another one. Like, it, I'll, I will admit, like in the second and third movies, I I, did, I watched those two last weekend, I think it was. And the one thing I noticed was a couple times, I don't want to say I got bored, but maybe like disinterested, where it felt like it's kind of dragging on a little bit. Like they were just kind of filling time. But but I get them. It's it's an action shoot 'em up movie, and it's like when you're not having dialogue and it's just action, 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 like. That's a very specific, you know, style. You got to find ways to gruesomely kill the bad guys. It's crazy. He must have the cheek or those other movies. They must have the cheat codes on with unlimited ammo. That's crazy. What do you think? Do you think John Wick will turn into like a furious series where <laughs> 10 years down the road, it's John Wick uh, part 10 B john's uh little rabbit died this time and he's out for revenge or something like that i don't know i think i hope i kind of hope this one is like wraps it up um i know they have a couple spinoffs planned there's one uh, a movie called ballerina oh and i guess i'm looking at the wikipedia now there is going to be a chapter five so mike you're probably right we're going to have john wick 15 um <laughs> eventually and then there's a television series i guess coming up the continental um but what's really sad is the the guy one of the actors he plays the the front desk guy in the continental hotel in the movies lewis riddick sadly passed away last week um at home of natural causes um don't know what that means if it was a heart attack or an aneurysm but either way he, he was just a great a great actor really added to that to that franchise and that series i think he is he is in this movie in in part four but won't be uh obviously in the series going forward unless they end up doing like the Paul Walker thing. I did in in preparing for the show today. Notice that they're on Fast and Furious Ten. Is that what you were saying, Mike? Fast yeah, X. I think that's this summer as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ian. What do you, what do you uh, what do you think of the Fast and Furious franchise at this point? 
The last good one that I, uh, in my opinion, was Tokyo Drift. Ooh, <laughs> let's go, Ian. That's, that's the best one. The yeah, that's the right answer. Uh, fucking yeah, dude. I, I I don't know who's still watching Fast and the Furious movies. To be honest, and I I think we will be dead by the time they wrap up that franchise. I don't know what the hell's going on where they're just churning them out. It might be some kind of like fraud scheme at this point. You know what I mean? They're like they're they're hiding money offshore somewhere and using this money as a front to do so. Cause I, I don't know what other explanation there could be for there to be ten goddamn Fast and the Furious movies. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, yeah, who is watching the I can't even remember the last Fast and Furious movie I actually saw. Honestly, I think it might have been Tokyo Drift or the one right after, but I couldn't even tell you what that one was about. Mine was probably the one where they had the bank vault and they were driving it through uh, like the city and just causing crazy damage, crazy car crashes and that kind of stuff. Didn't they just start getting like more and more like unrealistic, like helicopters? Yeah, the cars are like driving off of crazy cliffs and ridiculous nonsense. But hey, I mean, Ludacris needs some kind of income. (laughs) So I I keep keep seeing clips. I keep seeing clips where Dom Toretto is in like a bat cave type. Uh, no. it, it's literally like a giant metallic garage and it's just filled with cars. And I, 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 I compare that with the first movie where he's just like a working class dude in LA and like a scrubby ass house. Like what, what happened? I don't understand. <laughs> like, Maybe I gotta watch the movies. They explain it, but Jesus Christ, he just—he literally becomes like, like Rambo at some point. He was just like some dude who worked at a car shop in the first movie. Just remember, come a long way. There's nothing stronger than families. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people were upset that The Rock kind of got take—he's been taken out of the franchise, and I think, I, I think it was because. Him and Vin Diesel didn't have the greatest relationship. And obviously, Vin Diesel is like the staple of the franchise. So they're going to side with him. But I don't know, man. These movies keep making crazy numbers at the box office. So if people are still going out to watch them, why stop it? I guess at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Ian said, they got to keep laundering money somehow. (laughs) (laughs) It, It almost, I wouldn't be surprised if like, the next one or a few movies down 12 or 13 if they kind of do like jay-z did with his album where he partners up with like some phone company where it's like when you buy our phone you get fast and furious 18 for free on your phone and then it's like a million movie sales and before the movie even comes out do you guys remember when jay-z did that i don't remember uh i think it was magna carta holy grail maybe i'm wrong but he partnered with like verizon or t-mobile or someone where everybody could download it for free and it's like it went platinum before it even came out i don't remember that but i remember a year or two ago dj khaled did the same thing with like an energy drink if you bought some kind of energy drink you'd get a free copy of the album and that counted toward his uh billboard charting he was trying to it was the year that Tyler, Tyler, the creator beat him. I don't know if you remember that. Um, oh, beat him like ha- in sales or bill, uh, billboard charting. Oh, like, billboard chart, Ty- Tyler, the creator's album, Igor charted number one and DJ Khaled like went ballistic because that's, 
all that's his entire identity is we the best music and like yeah. you know right. he has to be the number one guy so it it was just like a villain arc he was just like so goddamn mad that he didn't get the number one spot um another one who did it was uh u2 i remember u2 yeah. oh that was a big thing like everyone just woke i didn't have an iphone luckily at the time but everyone woke up and they were like <laughs> assaulted by you two on their phone yeah, and just downloads itself to their phone <laughs> i'd be upset i'd be upset An- another one uh mike and i were talking about ian before you hopped in was uh the super mario bros movie that's coming up is, is that a uh, chris pratt doing the voice of mario yeah that actually had I, an interesting voice cast what are you gonna say i, I i'm definitely gonna see it I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm also 30 years old, so I probably... I, I mean, I'm not the target audience. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, Charlie Day is in there, and so is Jack Black as uh, Bowser. It's good casting, for sure. I know they they were catching some flack, though, with the Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah, because his voice. Because right? his voice, yeah. But, hey, Chris Pratt, he's got a lot of notoriety. I'm sure he'll be able to carry that. But I'm right there with you, Ian, too. Like, I ain't got no kids, you know? Yeah. And and Grant, uh, (laughs) Bree's nephew, just went back to California. So I don't have any reason to really go and see those kind of movies. The next movie that I know for sure I'm going to go see in theaters is Air. I am so excited for that one. Air? Air. Oh, don't tell me you don't know about this one. I don't oh, know about this one. I do, I do, I do, I do. That's the one that it's about the people behind uh, Jordan. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And that, ben, who, Affleck, ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Chris Tucker's That's... in it. Viola Davis, um, Jason Bateman. It's all about uh, the the like courting of Michael Jordan to create the signature shoe. So it starts right around kind of like 1984, and it's more so focused about what happened with Nike not so much with Michael Jordan. I don't even know if Michael Jordan is going to actually be like in the movie and have lines like Viola Davis is his mom. Like those are the more central characters. So, Hmm. and and Ben Affleck has already proven himself to be an incredible director. So definitely going to give that one a a shot. And Hey, I mean, you could see behind, I I love me some shoes. So he is a good director. I don't think he directed it. It's actually Kevin Smith who directed it. One of my oh, was most, it? no, 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 I'm not, not air. I'm thinking about another movie that I was going to just mention. One of my favorite Ben Affleck movies that I feel like is so underrated was the 1999 movie Dogma with him and Matt Damon. Have you guys ever seen that? I've seen Dogma for sure <laughs> with, with Buddy Jesus. Yeah, that movie's ridiculous. <laughs> so Kevin Smith, he's the director of Clerks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mall Rats. And yeah, if you ever get a chance, Mike, I don't know if it's probably not streaming anywhere, but it's rated R. It's a little raunchy, but it's just ridiculous. Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play uh, Loki and Bartleby, which are, I think, demons or fallen angels. Yeah, two fallen angels, right? They're angels that fell. And I don't remember what the reasoning is, but they're basically on a killing spree. They're yeah. They're like trying to get into heaven by like sending more people to it or something. I don't know. It's really weird. They think like yeah, they're trying to like uh, win back good favor by killing a bunch of like people. I don't. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, Selma Hayek is in it. Chris Rock is in it. There's a scene in the movie where Chris Rock like falls. He's like an angel and he falls down and he's like butt ass naked, and he's like in front of someone who's like. 
absolutely oh hilarious. man but, you, know, you, you mentioned ben affleck so i, I had to I had to get that one out that so sounds like it's right up my alley man i gotta check that one out absolutely i i wish i gotta like order that on amazon or something get that on dvd but uh, another movie I saw that I was kind of surprised by, I actually just saw the trailer by Happenstance last week, is uh, they made a D&D movie with Chris Pine, apparently. I, I saw you post that in the group chat, and I didn't see anything about it, but it did jog a memory of mine that they actually made a D&D movie before, and I saw it in theaters when I was like eight years old, and I remember nothing about it. Um <laughs> That's how memorable it was. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I feel like it's a very specific target audience, which so it'll probably do pretty good. I Especially, I've, I've noticed the past couple of years, uh, D&D has been coming back around. Um, Matt, who said he might join us, but probably won't join us tonight. Um, I know he was doing a, a D&D group there for a while. And it's just, for me, I was always a little bit curious, but it just seems like a really big time commitment. Um, to like meet up with a group of people, plan it all out, do it consistently on a regular basis. Cause it's not, from my understanding, D and D, if you're actually going to play it, like it's not something you can just set up, play for a few hours and then break it all down and walk away. Like there's a lot of like building up and stuff, but I, that has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, sounds like it's just going to be, um, you know, fantasy world type stuff. I, I'm funny enough. I noticed Mike, I don't know if you saw it, him and I, um, coincidentally happened to both be at the renaissance festival last weekend uh here in the valley which was it was a good time it was actually packed um you know i do have a question for you but i did while we were there i noticed they they had like a big movie like banner where you could like take a picture and i think maybe i don't know if they had like things they were handing out or if they were just promoting the movie but i was like that is the perfect audience to target if you're gonna try and promote something like that <laughs> mm-hmm. um not wrong at all have you been uh, Ian, have you been to the Renfest out here or back in New York? Did they do that? Yeah, they have one in New York that's pretty big, and I I've been to that one, but I've never been to the one out here. Um, don't really have a reason why not either. I I actually wanted to go this year too. I can never really catch the time. I guess it's very dusty. Yeah, <laughs> very dusty. It's only on the weekends, so expect crowds. It's like a mini Disneyland out here. But, oh, dude, it's been years since I've gone, and it has grown exponentially. Like, there's nowhere that you can walk where there isn't something. Like, just right. every shop is lined up. They got rides. They got events. You know, we did some axe throwing. I tried to do the hammer thing. Oh, my goodness. I need to get in the weight room, apparently. <laughs> Dang, I wish I saved that video. <laughs> Thank I goodness you didn't save it. Dr- <laughs> drama, drama replied to that, and he was like, that's the weakest big man I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, come on. Come get some of this action on the basketball court, yeah. drama. Then you'll be talking different. Yeah, there you go. But it was a cool time, and uh, I just remember for sure that the big thing, if you go, you got to make sure you go to the jousting show. And they have like three different ones throughout the day. They have an early one, midday, and then kind of like the last hurrah of the day. Um, I would say, though, don't stay the entire time because then you're going to be stuck in the parking lot for an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I left at like the perfect time, like probably two, two and a half hours before they closed up shop. Um, but we had got there like right when they opened too. So by the time I walked around that bitch 15 times, I was ready. I was ready to go. But the, I think like Mike, you said, you, there's a lot to do. Like, I'm not trying to do a promotion for the Renaissance Festival by any means, but the great thing was like, there was a shit ton of people there, but 
the lines weren't very long because they have a ton of beer stalls, a ton of food stalls where you can just like walk, walk. And they got it set up pretty good where it's, it's cash only, you know, order your shit. They pour it. They give it to you. You're, you're out of there. And, and the food was really good, too. I had um, I had a brat, a salad, um, some other things. It was good. Mike, Mike was chomping on the turkey leg. I had to get me a turkey leg. Some sausage on a stick. Legs. Oh, and a root beer float. That's what also mm-hmm. else had. Did they have mead there? I know mead was the thing in the New York one. You know, I remember oh. actually. It's funny. I actually thought about that because you told me that um, your girlfriend really likes mead, and yeah. um, so I thought of you guys when I was out there. I was like, shit, if they have mead, I might have to try that out. But I didn't see any. I didn't. I didn't see any. Gotcha. So maybe I didn't look hard enough. I don't know. We'll we'll write them so they have it next year when you go. <laughs> but actually, I think you still got probably. I think I think they close up shop early April, so you could still maybe like still, two more weekends. I think oh, so. You might nice. be able to make it out there. But um, but yeah. So D and D movie. I don't know. I always get the Chris's mixed up. There's a whole lot of them. Uh, I feel like Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth kind of look similar. Maybe I'm my brain is just doing some weird stuff. And then I don't really get Chris Pratt. Oh no, Chris Pratt is one. And then um, who's, who's Captain America? Uh, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. That's right. So a lot of Chris's and uh, you got Chris Patrick here. Um, but is it, it's Chris Pratt that's in guardians of the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Chris Pratt. So he's going to have a big summer between super Mario bros and guardians of the galaxy volume three. So while we're, while we're still talking about movies, two-part question one are you guys interested in seeing that movie this summer and second do you think the marvel franchise is dead ian you can go you can start with this one i got i'll let you go first. it's it's dead in the sense that i'm i'm out man I, i'm so fatigued with marvel movies uh i don't think they're doing any more spider-man movies at least not the tom holland ones and I think that's the final nail in the coffin for me. They keep making superheroes that I don't care about or have never heard of. And that's saying a lot because I used to be a pretty big comic book nerd. Now it's it, it's at the point where I'm 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 tapping out of Marvel. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy three is the one that's coming out. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, I'll I might watch that if. You know, there's it's going to be on Disney Plus eventually, so I, I don't think it's something I'm catching in theaters at all. But if if I'm bored one day, I might throw that on, but I'm not rushing to it. Okay, maybe I maybe we just sh- should have gone at the same time. I <laughs> exactly aligned <laughs> with you. I'm I'm done, man. I mean, uh, Avengers Endgame was just such an incredible send-off for all of those great characters and the finality of it was just exactly what i needed and then when they started doing you know the whole disney plus initiative and all the extra shows i i I gave it some chances um didn't really like falcon in the winter soldier i did like um the one with the scarlet witch uh what was that show do you guys remember what that Uh, was was that WandaVision. WandaVision. WandaVision, because it was just different. Like it it went through different decades. It was it was a different style, but it was still like the same characters from the previous, you know, what is it, phase? They they do everything in phases now. But yeah, now it's like they're trying to add on things like Moon Knight was weird. Uh, I know a lot of people like Loki. I couldn't get into it. And I'm just at massive fatigue. So even when Ant-Man and the Wasp part whatever 
just came out recently, I had no interest to go watch that. I think one of the most recent ones that came out too was the last Thor one with um, my, I always want to call her Queen Amidala. What's her, what's her name? <laughs> um, Natalie Portman. I always want to call her Queen Amidala or Padme because that's just what I always think of when I think of her. But I, I think Guardians, the same one. It's the finality for those characters. And I did enjoy them. They weren't the, my favorite out of the first phase. Uh, it'll probably be one that I'll wait for to come to Disney Plus to watch as well. But, you know, yeah, I'm just... I'm not marking down when the next shows are coming out or when the next, I think the Marvels is supposed to come out in June as well. I'm not going to go see that. I've just, I need a break. It was the same way that star Wars happened for me after the last trilogy. I needed a timeout. I, I just needed a timeout. Yeah. And, and I think for me, like building up to Endgame, like it was really cool because it was like maybe one a year and you always waited till after the credits to see like the little Easter egg teaser for what the next couple movies might be. And then like you guys are kind of saying there, it seems like they just kind of started wedging in a lot of extra, like especially once Disney Plus launched, they were just wedging in a lot of extra shows and a lot of, and kind of busting them out. Like I, I did see Spider-Man No Way Home um, and I thought that was a great movie, especially how they kind of brought all the generations of spider-mans um it kind of had everyone's favorite spider-man in there um for me i always go back and forth with my fiance sabrina on this but she her, her spider-man is andrew garfield which is the wrong answer because spider-man is <laughs> no. toby mcguire it's and toby. always will be tom It'll holland does good but tom holland is, is a stud man yeah to be honest with you Tom Tom Holland is it like for nostalgia's sake it's it's Tobey Maguire but man Tom Holland really killed it. He's just um, a bet. He's a better overall actor than Tobey Maguire totally. But that's just mm-hmm. that's your childhood, you know. That's pulling yeah. at your heartstrings when you talk yep. about Toby. Yep. Doing his stupid dance in Spider Man Three. Yeah, was Spider Man <laughs> supposed to be like a kid to young adult, like kind of in his mid to late teens, like? I never bought Tobey Maguire in the first movie when they show him in high school and it's just a 30-year-old. 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but uh, Tom Tom Holland looks childish the entire time. Um, so yeah. I, I have an easier time buying him as Peter Parker, I guess. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I, I was just looking at like the films from because they started like grouping them in phases. So I guess uh, for the MCU Phase 4, uh, it was in 2021, Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, Externals, No Way Home. And th- so that's four movies in one year. And then last year in 2022, it was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, like you mentioned there, Mike, and then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, and so I only saw one. No, I saw Black Widow, actually. So that's a lie. I saw two of those movies. I thought Black Widow was good, but it was just kind of like a like bleh. Like nothing yeah. memorable, nothing I'm gonna go watch again. I don't know. Well, and that's kind of the same thing in regards to like I'm. Uh, it's just tough to get within the new characters, but like Wakanda Forever, loved it. It was great. I enjoyed it. I even enjoyed the villain in it. Um, same with No Way Home. Really enjoyed that one. But those are the previous characters that have already been built into the universe, so it's almost kind of just a carryover. Um, I, and I did love Paul Rudd as the Ant-Man, but I it just wasn't one of my favorite characters, whereas, you know, Black Panther and Spider-Man are just were incredible characters. So 
it's just tough to get into the new ones. And like I was saying, you know, Marvel's is going to be a whole brand new cast of people. And I don't even know who the characters are. I don't know who the actors are. I'm sure there's some high profile actors that are on that list, but maybe I'll give it a chance down the road, but it's just not on the forefront of my mind anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't know. So, of course, Marvel's going to keep doing its thing, kind of like the Fast and Furious. They're going to try and milk it for, for all that it's worth down to the last drop. Um, and we'll have to see. Maybe they bounce back, maybe not. But are there any other movies that you guys are looking forward to that are coming up in the next, this summer or later this year? I can give you two. Um, there's another Spider-Man, Spider-Verse movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um that looks great. And then also in the same style of that, uh, Seth Rogen is making a new Ninja Turtles movie where if you haven't seen the trailer for it, check it out. Cause it's the animation on it looks, looks crazy. It looks a lot like what they did with spider verse. So I have really high hopes for that one as well. Like fully animated. It's not like CGI turtles. It's fully, I don't know, to be honest, um, it's fully animated, but it's like 3d animated. I don't think it's C- yeah, yeah, to answer your question, now that I'm wrapping my head around it, yeah. Um, there's no, like, it's not going to be, like, the, the turtles are CGI and then April O'Neil is, like, a live-action person. It's going to be a full cartoon. So it's not Megan Fox and the CGI turtles. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> Mike, Dude, we- I, heard, I heard horror stories from those films. I think they made two of them, but, like, the guys who were the actual turtles... Like their contracts were really bad. Like they had issues when like leaving sets, like they weren't even like the priority to have people uh, pick them up and like take them to their trailers and stuff like that. I can't remember who was doing it, but it just overall did not sound like a a good experience for them. So, and those movies weren't that good. So was that one, was that a series they did recently? It was a couple of years ago. I want to say maybe that's not the one that came Five out when we seven were like years ago. high school age, right? But there was one that, after that. No, no, yeah. it was it was it was mid to mid twenty tens, I believe. Okay. It was definitely after Megan Fox's run with Transformers. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, so you weren't joking when it was Megan Fox and the Ninja no, Turtles. it was her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I vaguely I remember that maybe. Uh, deliberately put that that out of my mind but we're, we're talking about like a lot of these movies but while we're when, while wrapping up movies here maybe like we're talking about super mario bros fast and furious the marvel movies like comic book characters it's just a lot of this stuff is like almost like rehashed and recycled shit do you do you want to see i mean maybe this is a rhetorical question but do you want to see hollywood try and like maybe come up with some original ideas again or are you okay with a lot of these like remakes and and reboots i think that's a good question because you know you look at this list coming up and right it's john wick chapter four creed three just came out scream six magic mike's last dance so it's all just the next rehashing of things another aquaman's coming out another transformers coming out i mean we've lost our touch in hollywood i guess but that's also probably the reason why we saw everything everywhere all at once win in the oscars and basically sweep everything because it was an actual new idea 
that was completely fleshed out and i know i haven't seen it yet ian have you seen it yeah dude watch it it's so good i was gonna say i feel like it sounds yeah, probably sound like a movie, movie that you would enjoy but um i i just hear it's crazy and it's something different and we're always looking for new ideas but we have our franchises that we love and i'll always give a chance down the road for but you go a little bit too far you know we're already talking about fast and the furious like i'm not going to see that transformers movie the seventh one like i'm not seeing that no they're not doing another yeah. transformers movie you know like uh, i'm sorry uh I, I can't do it i don't have they've lost me at this point and it's even like to the case as well with disney and they're coming out with the little mermaid this summer as well like the live action disney remakes have just not been good so this is going to be one that i'm really going to struggle like somebody's going to have to drag me to the theaters to see it in theaters <laughs> like i the the past couple ones have just not they missed the mark for me uh and it can be tough because those movies are so nostalgic you know you grew up as a kid i i loved aladdin I love The Lion King. And I knew those movies aren't made for us, right? Like we say, but it's just, it's hard to give them a chance after I've seen what they've done with the most recent remakes and they just haven't hit the mark. So I'm already kind of in a negative headspace when I'm thinking about them doing another one. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you there. And like, it got me thinking like two things. Like we're, we're talking about John Wick. Like I feel like that was a great original idea. And then they just decide to milk it for all that it's worth. And they're like, oh, we can stretch this one idea into a 10, 20 year series. And this might be a bigger question than we can speculate on, but I'm going to throw it over to you anyway, Ian. Do you, and you can answer the other more broad question, but I'm also, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud here, like who is to blame for this? Is it, is it the producers, the people funding these scripts, or is it the screenwriters themselves who are just too lazy to dig deep in their brain and come up with an, an uh, original idea? It, it's, it's both, but I feel like mostly it's kind of our fault as a collective audience because we keep rewarding them with success you know what I mean? Like if we let's use the little mermaid, for example, since, since Mike was just talking about it, if literally we stopped, if no one saw the fucking movie, they'd stop doing Disney remakes. They, and that's the same case with, you know, star Wars, Marvel, any, anything like that. Um, we should be rewarding originality. And I think we're starting to, as, a, as a, species i guess um because you know everything everywhere all at once one that was one of the most original movies i've ever seen in my life a few years before that it was parasite which was the same idea that movie was there's nothing else like it and we're, we're starting to see movies actually get credited for being original and a24 is a company if you're familiar with them they do nothing but originals and they're they're killing it. They're pulling in millions of dollars every year with the movies they make. So I think the corner is starting to turn. And I think that if you're a writer or producer in Hollywood, you should be looking at how to do something that isn't just nostalgia at this point, because everything, if you've remade everything that's nostalgic to 
everybody is it really nostalgic anymore you know what i mean that's a good point and like i think like for example like almost i don't maybe want to drag star wars back into this but that's another one where it's like they probably could have kept it with what george lucas did but then disney saw the dollar signs and they're like we're gonna boot this back up and everybody who loves star wars was like hell yeah i'm gonna see another star wars movie especially when you got like the some of the original actors coming back in for that um an original movie that I thought of that I really liked in the past five years was Knives Out. Um, that was directed by it's either Rain or Ryan Johnson. He actually I just uh, read that he was the director of The Last Jedi. But great, like original idea. But I mean, for me, the tough part is with those mystery movies. It's like you can only really watch it once because if you go back and watch it, you already like you already know what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but have you seen I, I'm going to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. It's on my list. But he did another one in the Knives Out series, I think, called The Glass Onion. Mm -hmm. is that one good it is yeah it's just as good as nice out i think really oh, yeah. i didn't think it was just as good i did enjoy it though i, I think the original knives out was was just yeah. one of the better movies of the past five ten years for sure i i definitely think it suffers from the same thing where you watch it once you know what happens and then that mystique is kind of gone but i definitely had equal amounts of fun watching both movies i'd say Chris, I love that you brought Star Wars back up. Yeah, bring them in here. Let's let's drag them a little bit. And it goes exactly back into the point that Ian was talking about as well. I mean, the money talks. So if people keep going to see these reboots and these remakes or the seventh version, what's going to stop these studios from continuing to fund them? Because at the end of the day, most of these studio execs, I don't think they're truly in it for the love of the culture or the love of the game, you could say so. It's all about making the money and, and putting it back yeah. into, you know, universal or all of these bigger ones, you know what I'm saying? But like specifically for star Wars, you saw one of the, the highest grossing movies of all time at that point in 2015 with the force awakens with the reboot, because it had been a number of years, a, num a, a number of years, right? We're not just talking about, we did fast and furious two years ago, and now we're going to do another one. It had been a very long time. And they gave the creative decisions to other people. But I like that you brought up Ryan Johnson as well. Once the, the second one came out, there were so many mixed reviews that they were scrambling. And they had to bring J.J. Abrams back in to try and fix the story that he had started. Where Ryan Johnson just went freaking crazy, killed off the main <laughs> villain in the second movie. Like, that money finally talked from Star Wars fans where it wasn't as successful and they and then Han Solo came out and that did not do very well at all. So they had to do a hard pause to start rethinking where they're going. And recently they've been focusing a little bit more within their series, which have been very successful. Andor had got great reviews. Everybody loves the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. So that also brings me to another thing with Star Wars. If you, I don't know if you guys ever played the Battlefields, you know, the, the most recent reboots, um, Star Wars Battlefield 2, that came out and it came out to pretty good reviews right at the start. But then people started to see that they had basically done like pay to win loot boxes for you to get better um, guns or the upper tier of like star cards that you could, you know, basically put on your character to have more health or more damage and that kind of stuff. 
And the community literally boycotted the shit out of them to the point where Disney had to come and talk to EA and say, you need to take the shit out of the game. So that's the only way that these things change anymore. It's literally the culture and the people who are experiencing these things, they have to talk and it has to come from their pocketbook. It's the only way to really make any kind of changes anyways, because man, these studios, all they see, if it's in the green, they're going to keep rolling with it. Right. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you guys. Like, we got to start talking with our dollars and putting our foot down, where as much as we get that nostalgia itch to maybe see what it's all about, like, don't go see it. Maybe wait till it's on a streaming service. And then, I, I mean, that I think that's part of the problem, too, is like Disney Plus is like, they just get to fold all of that in anyway. And like, especially in 2020, when all the theaters were shut down, we saw a lot of these movies going like direct to streaming. Um, but we're back, like theaters are back. And that and that's the big thing. So hopefully, hopefully things start to shift because I, I bring I brought that up because I feel like that is a pretty strong sentiment out there that people are kind of getting sick of all the same old bullshit just getting remade and rehashed. But Mike, you're mentioning while we're talking about this and maybe to transition the conversation a little bit, uh, you mentioned the the video game there and the problems that it had with the loot boxes and the the pay to play. And that seems to be like a business model now um, where the these studios will put out a game for free and then you to, to get skins or guns or upgrades, you have to buy certain upgrades and stuff. Um, one that's been huge on that is Grand Theft Auto V, which has been coming out every year for the last 10 years. Um, I just saw even just this, either this month or the end of last month, they came out with another DLC add-on. And I haven't been keeping up with GTA V online um, to know if that's something you have to purchase. I'd imagine it is or something that you can just get on but there's all there's all these shark cards where you can in, buy in-game money and um you know get your penthouse and your missions and all that and um mike i think last time we played i bought a submarine <laughs> yeah yeah that's all this crazy stuff it's, now it's, it's just getting outrageous but i think from what i understand in the next uh two or three years we might see gta 6 come out maybe God. yeah I don't know if you remember they had that uh, that leak where it was super early gameplay of it. It was like so not a finished product, but yeah, GTA Six is in the works for sure. I just, I definitely, I know, like I think Rockstar confirmed it is in the works, but I just, I can't ever really trust any of those leaks to know which ones are legitimate because there are so many people that like, oh, GTA 6 leaks, GTA 6 leaks. I, I saw a screenshot recently of one that like is, and it, it's like, it looked incredible. And it's like, uh, my Xbox One couldn't run it. I'd probably either need a next gen console or, or a PC probably more than likely. Um, but from what I've been hearing so far is that it's going to be bigger, a bigger map than GTA 5. And obviously you, you got to expect the graphics are just going to be out of this world. I know, Mike, you're a huge GTA buff. You really got me into it a lot uh, when we became friends. What what have you been hearing about this upcoming installment? So I think this has already been debunked, but, man, I'm really disappointed. The first rumblings were that it was going to be multiple cities. They were going to kind of do the last hurrah and the final gen. Like, this is a while ago now, but it was going to be Liberty City, Vice City, and San Andreas. And you could like take a flight in between each of the cities. I mean, that's so much coding and 
I was wondering that why it was taking so long was maybe they were doing that, but it sounds like they're going back to Vice City again, which That's is I heard too. which is okay for me because I was a little bit too young when Vice City came out and I didn't really ever play any of the like, you know, Nintendo DS, you know, Vice City stories or any of those kind of things. And obviously that's outdated pixelation and all that kind of stuff. So I'd be cool to check out what the vibes are in Florida with the GTA. I can just only imagine all the drug smuggling missions that you'll have going off the coast and that kind of stuff. But I, I truly think that it's really remarkable how Rockstar continues to just get away with making games like every seven years. I mean, that was basically the model that GTA went from San Andreas until where we're at now. Like it was every five to six years, you get a new one and you could almost bookmark it. But you, they would give the release date, and you could also bookmark that it was going to be delayed for six months. <laughs> like I remember that from GTA Four when I was in high school. I was on the freaking subreddit pages, like GrandTheftAutoOnline.net, like trying to read all about the new tidbits of information that was coming out. And I remember when it first got delayed, I was pissed, bro. But we're coming up on a decade since GTA Five came out. I mean, this is the third generation of consoles that it's been on. Like, that is incredible. And you do have to give them props that they continue to make content for it. That's great. But the game is outdated. So yeah. you can only, like, you can only add so many things onto it. But I know a lot of people have still been enjoying it. And, like, the GTA RP, you know, like, where yeah. people, like, pick a character and, like, you can be a janitor or you can like um you know be a police officer and pull people over there's one where they're like running a fast food restaurant i'm pretty sure like and it sounds i think the popularity of that which has come from the pc versions and the ports that people have made it sounds like they're trying to make that a part of gta 6 so it'll be like an online mode That's that'll smart. already be built into it so Hey, one thing's for sure with Rockstar is they've built their notoriety and they've made some of the best games, if not the greatest games of all time. So I'll give them the time to get it done. But I like I don't really play games anymore because I'm still I'm waiting for this freaking shit to come out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I dust off the old GTA every once in a while and, and play around for like a day and then get bored again and uninstall it. Um, but it just it takes so damn long and it's like I, I I do love it though in September I looked it up it'll be it'll be 10 years in September and it's crazy to think I I remember buying that for Xbox 360 and you could um to get online you would load it up and then uh, walk away and do some laundry or feed your dog take like a 10 15 minute break and then by the time you come back you wait five more minutes and then you get loaded into the game um I think they fixed some of that it's a lot quicker now for sure um, I, I props to them though. I mean, you're right, Mike, I, there are a lot of these companies that do the every year franchise thing, uh, especially sports games uh, for understandable reasons. I mean, you got rosters updating and stuff like that, but call of duty, for example, um, I think they kind of have it down to a science now where it's a little smart how they did it. Cause they realized wanting to be a yearly franchise, you can't just have one studio. That's like a lot to put on them. So they broke out into two. Um, in the early or yeah, early like 2010 or like 2009, I think um, it was like Infinity Ward and Treyarch. And now I think they have three, four studios like Raven Software and Sledgehammer 
uh, all working on it, um, pseudo in tandem. But it, it's going to be it's just talking about GTA. I'm really excited. Um, I don't know, Ian. What what is your favorite Rockstar game of all time? My favorite Rockstar game of all time. That oh, that's a tough question. I love GTA Vice City because, as Mike said, you know we definitely were too young to be playing it, but I was playing it anyway because my parents didn't care. Um, but also, uh, Red Dead Redemption One yep. is high on my list. That's top three easy, if not number one. I. I adored that game, and um, I I feel Mike's frustration when he says he's just you know waiting for GTA Six. It's gonna be it's gonna be a while before we see it. I think I think they're gonna take their sweet time, um, because when Rockstar doesn't take their time, things don't come out so well, and you know they are capable of making quality games still. Because Red Dead Redemption Two was was great. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where we just can't hold our breath, just have yeah. to kind of wait and see how it goes. <laughs> you won't and, make and, it if you do. And yeah. that's a great, that's a great point. Like you don't want to rush it and end up in a situation like cyberpunk or no man's sky where you release an incomplete game. And then by the time it catches up, everybody has that sour taste in their mouth and, and doesn't want to play it anymore. Um, I never played either of those games but i think ian you were playing no man's sky there for a little bit and i was watching you and you you i think your biggest criticism was it just got like really repetitive and kind of silly at a certain point yeah i paid 12 dollars for it um but but uh (laughs) it was just because everyone was dunking on it at that point but uh it was basically space minecraft and yeah it's just you have to run out and get a certain specific kind of rock so that you can breathe the atmosphere. And then when that runs out, then, you know, you got to make sure your guy's warm. So you got to go get a different kind of rock. And it's just, it's that over and over again. It's, it's just, I, it's like picking flowers. That's basically the whole game becomes like more of a grind at that point. Um, yeah. I just, re- I just remembered something I wanted to, to mention, Mike, when you're talking about the GTA role plays there, I remember, uh, reading about a streamer who was doing like one of the fast food role play streams or whatever. And he, he said he had to like quit doing it. He was making like really good money. And then he, he was like, I had to quit because it started to feel like a nine to five job. Like I was actually working at a fast food restaurant. Oh my gosh. I could only imagine, man. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's brutal. And like, I think about that, like there is something to be said. Like I do love me some video games, but there is something to be said for, um, you know, maybe playing too much, video games where like like games like that where if when it's ultra repetitive and like not very much rewarding at the end of the day like at least rockstar in the story modes has that going for it where you're like playing through a story but if you're just collecting rocks to breathe and keep your character alive it's like you're just kind of simulating a weird reality at that point yeah absolutely it's on game pass now if you want to you know collect rocks it's you, you can jump on that. <laughs> and I have heard that that game has really fleshed out pretty amazingly over the past couple of years that they've kept developers still working on it and they've, you know, added a ton more to it. Um, but that could go back to, you know, the age old saying, and I don't think I hear it as much anymore is, you know, the time spent within these games, like they want to push it out the door and it's an unfinished product. 
exactly like you were saying with Cyberpunk 20, was it 2077? I think so. Like the game was literally unplayable on the older versions of consoles. Like you couldn't play it. PC wasn't loading up and it took almost a full year and it took multiple months before they came out with like the first patch to make it playable. So it's like, I don't, things are coming out so fast in the gaming world. If you're a gamer, like that's not the time that you have, like you had all that anticipation. You saw of the walkthroughs, people were super excited about it and it comes out day one and I can't play it. I that's already automatically sour taste in my mouth by the time that it works four months later. I don't want to play it again. I've moved on to something else, but you know, games of service, man, that's just the wave now. Exactly. Fortnite, freaking Warzone, those, those free to play, just buy the skin kind of games. That's just what the kids love nowadays where I'm, I will be honest. I'm not the best multiplayer like shooter gamer. And I never was, even when I was gaming a lot. You know what I'm saying? It never was my strong suit. I loved single player story driven games where I could get immersed within, you know, the characters, the the land. Like one of my favorite games of the past couple of years was uh, Star Wars Last Jedi. Uh, My Xbox couldn't take it. I never got to finish that game because I have the original Xbox One. So I got to like level in the middle of the game and then there was too many enemies on the screen where the game literally wouldn't let me get past it because it just would chop the entire time. Um, So I got to get a new PC so I can finish that out. But, you know, Assassin's Creed, they stopped doing yearly games because things weren't just finished. So I feel like the gaming industry as a whole is getting better with that, but it's also mm-hmm. leaned more towards, you know, those free to play games, which like I said, I've never been that big of a multiplayer guy. So that's why I don't game as much anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and like these, these, these uh, studios, they're going to live and learn. And I think it is better to take the time to make a good game because with so much saturation in the market, people having so many options, especially now with game pass, where you could go on there and play a new game every day for probably a hundred days, or I don't even know how many games they have on game pass now. Um, and I, I want to, yeah, let's just dive right into that. I mean, I feel like Xbox is really killing it with, with the game pass and what they have going on there. Um, I, I used, it used to be a huge debate in the last 10, 15 years of Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation. And I feel like now, like with, with this, like Xbox is really, leaps and bounds ahead. And I want to talk about that more broadly, but one that I've been meaning I've circled here to talk about is a, is a remake that came out recently, a remaster of GoldenEye 007, which was an N64 game that came out in the late uh, 1990s. Huge, huge nostalgia classic for me. We used to huddle around the the one-by-one TV screen on four-player split screen with our controllers and no screen peeking, no screen peeking, but my biggest complaint is that there is no online multiplayer for GoldenEye 007, which makes me like almost not want to play it, but I'm still going to play it for the for the campaign mode. Uh, Ian, have you checked that one out yet? Yeah, I have a couple things about it. I also thought it was a total remaster or like they were just like giving a graphics boost, anything. It's literally do they, they copied the N64 version. <laughs> and pasted it on the xbox it's the same old graphics um i also thought there was going to be online multiplayer um 
I'm not happy that there isn't, but that's that's okay because it's still Golden Knight at the end of the day. Um, playing it in 2023 is hilarious because when you have, you remember, Nintendo 64 had one joystick. Oh, that's right. Xbox has two. You don't have to aim in that game. Like you just aiming is completely optional. If you're just facing the general direction of people and you shoot, you will hit them. It's like the easiest goddamn game in the world in 2023. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Cause yeah, the joystick, like it just turned you left to right and you went forward and backwards. Right. Like, yeah, obviously there it. wasn't like this. Oh God. And, and <laughs> since, since you have, a, I remember, um, looking up and down in GoldenEye back in the day, there was a way to do it, but it was hard as hell. But now since you have the second analog stick, you just like look up and your guy looks up. So it, it makes it that much easier. It's, it's kind of funny just to like go back and play it and see like, man, this game used to be kind of, kind of challenging. Now it's just, now it's just a walk in the park. So what you're saying, it's the game for me, Ian, right? Oh, dude. <laughs> that's your shooter, Mike. That's, that's my that's shooter. The one for you. You could just zone out, put on some nice, nice, like, chill music. And... Some lo-fi. Yeah. Oh, I did want to go back to kind of the console wars. I really haven't been mm -hmm. keeping up too much over the past couple of years. I mean, it's crazy to think what this, this most recent generation came out at the end of 2020 when we were in the peak pandemic and we saw a lot of struggles to even get consoles out with the chip shortages and we finally have gotten over that hump which is crazy to think two and a half years uh from then but you know that subscription-based service that xbox has created with game pass is really just changed the game literally uh, it gives you so many different options so many different choices and it's honestly at a pretty decent price. So if you're somebody who games on a very, very consistent basis, like that's an absolute no brainer. I think PlayStation still takes the cake in terms of single player storyline driven games like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. You can even talk about The Last of Us, Spider-Man. Those have been some of the best games over the past decade that Xbox has been struggling to match in regards to, you know, Xbox only games. I mean, for a long time we had Halo, but that's really kind of fallen off the beaten path as well. So it's really all your preference at the end of the day. And I was always an Xbox guy because all my friends had Xboxes. So, you know, we it was a no brainer to stick with that. But I don't know, I might be coming to a decision here within the next couple of months of trying to get one of these consoles. And I actually might lean towards PlayStation. I'm just not the biggest fan of the actual controller. I just feel like it's too spaced out and I don't love the two top buttons. Like I like my triggers down low and then you can have the RB and LB, but I'll deal with it at the end of the day. If it means I could play freaking Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Right. Well, and Mike, that's a that's something that might be advantageous for you. You're talking about getting a gaming PC, not only for doing these streams, but for playing some of those games. Um, I'm pretty sure you can play every Xbox game through a computer, through Microsoft. So go ahead, get the PlayStation 5. Like, um, I know that's always been the big thing, right? Like, the PlayStation is, like, for, like, the gamers, especially the single-player gamers. 
Um, and then I've always kind of said like the Xbox was not it, obviously it's a gaming console, but it's also like a home entertainment system. Like it's really good for streaming. Obviously at this point, PlayStation is too, and they were the first to integrate Blu-ray. Um, but it pissed off a lot of people that Sony just started selling off all that stuff to let Xbox use starting with Blu-ray and then with MLB the show. That was that was a, the whole reason I went out and got a PlayStation is because I they came out with a dope ass baseball video game. There hadn't been one I think since MLB uh, 2K14 or something like that, and so the show is incredible. Um, really looking forward to uh, 23. I think is coming out here pretty soon. Um, I know Ian's excited because Derek Jeter is going to be in this one, but yeah, I think it's just incredible. Like. There are games on Game Pass that I probably would have never purchased or even played if they were on Game Pass. And now I can just download it real quick. Um, one that came to mind is um, High on Life. I think that's the Justin Roiland game. Um, not, I haven't finished it. It's not super my style of game because it's very linear and a little bit repetitive. Um, but it is funny. It's a good laugh. Um, and it's on, honestly a little bit of a challenge too. Uh, I, the one boss that I just fought, I had to like sling slingshot myself around the room the whole time trying to kill him. Um, but, but Ian, like, what's what's your take on all this and the console wars? So it's weird for me to say, but I I I, I do still favor PlayStation over Xbox, and I know that's weird for me to say, having just bought. But you Xbox, came over. I did. <laughs> you came to the dark side. Um, yeah, I peak COVID. I'm shopping for toilet paper, and Target just had them, and I was, I had what three hundred dollars to spend in fucking stimulus money, so that was that was an easy pickup for Pretty sure. Nice. And I, I I do like I do like Xbox. I think the controller I, I I'm definitely converted on that. Like the, the Xbox controller is better than PlayStation, hundred percent. But this generation, uh. I'm not so happy with because of what we've already talked about with um, uh, like the service aspect of games and games not being released when they're finished and things like that. And on top of that, the jump from PS4 to PS5 or Xbox One to Xbox Series X, it's it's so small. Like I, I barely notice a difference. You know what I mean? And I also have my Switch, and that thing, I, 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 when I hold it in my hands and I play it, like five years later, I'm still like blown away that I can just hold a game in my hand, a thing in my hand, and play big games like Skyrim and and stuff like that. And the last thing I wanted to bring up, and and the thing that I want to, I, I hope that Mike, if you're looking to buy something video like a video game console or a PC, I hope you take this. This is the one thing you take away from me talking is look into a steam deck because that's what jack was talking about he said it's he was i think the last time i talked to him he was waiting it was going to be delivered like in a couple of days but i've heard really good things about that yeah if there if 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 console wars will ever be won i think that thing is going to be the thing that wins it man because it's you get the best of everything it's it's a pc that you can play xbox games on because you can play xbox games on any pc and it also has access to the steam store which now has playstation games so you're going to get miles morales and you're going to get all these other games and it's a pc you can just hold in your hand like it's a fucking game gear from back in the day like does it, it have like does it have like an hdmi or USB-C that you could like hook it up to a tv yeah it docks um and and then you wow. can you can use an xbox controller on it too 
So old. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if there's some terrible accident in my apartment, like house fire, or something like that, that's the that's the thing I'm replacing my video games with. I'm not getting an, an Xbox or a PlayStation at all at this point. I'm just going right to that thing. That's pretty sweet. I play some League of Legends yeah, or Dota yeah. Two. Could do everything. Roller Coaster Tycoon, I think, is the last game I played on Steam. I did have a question for you, uh, for both of you guys, because I got one as well. But what game would you recommend right now playing for somebody who hasn't been, you know, playing on a consistent basis? I'll pass it over to whoever wants it. And I'll let you take this one first while I think about it. Uh, you're 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 a shooter guy, right? Like that's usually your jam. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I love Grand Theft Auto. Um, I love the Assassin's Creed games. Um, you know, I even liked, you know, what Naughty Dog did with The Last of Us. Um, even though I didn't play them, mm. but I mean, I, I think I'm kind of open to anything. I think the only thing that I've always been a little bit wearisome of, if it's like heavy RPG, where like. I have to go out and like craft everything or have to get a certain amount of minerals or whatever, like you're talking no man's sky in order to build and level up my character before I can go play a boss. Like I like structured games that continue the storyline. Like one of the last Assassin's Creed I played was origins and I really, really enjoyed that game. But then I got to a point where I had to do so many more side quests to level up my guy before I could continue on with the story because I was just getting killed every time that I tried to go on to that. So that, that kind of cap, I'm not the biggest fan of. That's fair. I was going to suggest Elden Ring until you said that last part. <laughs> um, Hogwarts Legacy might be up your alley, honestly. Um, I have no attention span, so that game only held me down for about a week and a half. But there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's it's basically it feels like Fable if you had played that back in the day, but in in Harry Potter land, it's that one's a good time for sure. Yeah, I was actually watching some walkthroughs with the Rad Brad. He's probably one of like the original uh, game walkthrough guys on YouTube, and it definitely looked cool. Uh, something that. You know, when I eventually get my PC, I'll probably take a look at it. And hopefully by that time, it'll be like $30 cheaper. So <laughs> it'll be even <laughs> yeah, more advantageous. Sure. Yeah, I'd say for me, um, and I guess this is for me and for a random person out there, Mike, and maybe not you specifically. Um, but a game that I really like that I think is often slept on is Apex Legends. Um, it kind of reminds me a bit of... Um, shit oh ian what's that blizzard game we were playing with the uh the the, the heroes and it's kind of like three on oh, three overwatch over overwatch yeah so it, it kind of yeah. reminds me of like an overwatch call of duty halo uh combination but it's a battle royale so you have you pick your hero that has a special ability but you also have to go around and loot your weapons and f- go in the ring and, and kill your enemies and it's what i really like about it is it's uh the max team is three um, so I think they do duos and trios. There's no singles or quads or anything like that. So I think for me, the team size is perfect. Um, the ability to have these uh, special abilities that you can kind of, if you're smart enough and you're playing with a group of people, you can mix and match and kind of have a healer or someone who's more of an aggressive uh, player type. 
Um, I haven't played that one in a while. I actually, I think as we're speak, speaking here, I have it updating on my Xbox because I kind of want to get back into it. Um, and, and another cool thing about Apex is it's, it's kind of unlike Fortnite. I, I honestly haven't played Fortnite much recently. I tried it back in the day, but totally sucked at it. But for me, like it, when we're talking about Battle Royales, PUBG and Call of Duty, to play one of those games, it's like a 20 to 30 minute commitment or more. Um, especially if you're making it towards like the end of it, whereas Apex Legends progresses a lot quicker where you can get through a game in a, in a little bit of a shorter amount of time and, and kind of get on to the next. But then my other one um, here that I wrote down, that's a bit more of like a relaxing game. Um, it is a resource gathering game, but Sabrina turned me on to it. It's called Slime Rancher. Um, it's like a cute family fun game, but basically like uh, they just came out with the second one, which it's funny. I won't go into it too much, but it, they running into like the same problem where they released a, a half finished game. Like, here you go. I know you guys anticipated it. Here's the half finished game. And it's like unplayable. It runs slow. You can only play it off the cloud. You can't even download it to your console. So it's, it's just a whole mess. Um, but basically like you take over like this, this ranch that's on a, on a planet far away and you have to collect these slimes which are these little animal type cute little looking characters and you can collect them and put them in cages and they only eat a certain amount of food and i don't know it's just a really neat game and a lot of like it's like a relaxing game where you can just kind of sit back and chill and play it you don't have to be super sweaty like trying to do anything too crazy but those were those were the two big ones that came to mind and honestly like i mentioned high on life is hilarious like there's a Ian, help me out here. What's the movie that's playing on the the show on the on the it's TV? A, it's something in the T Rex. It's like a woman's name. It's <laughs> and like I think some, it's Paul Walker, right? Yeah, it's some old ass '90s movie that's like terrible. Um, it's like Tanya and the T Rex. Tammy and the T Rex. Tammy and the T Rex. I was like, it like started playing, and I was like, and it's like the beginning credits, and it's going, and I remember I was like they didn't actually put this entire movie in the video game, did they? <laughs> and I texted Ian and he's like, yeah, they did. You can sit there for an hour and a half or whatever the runtime is and watch this entire movie start to finish <laughs> in the video game. So it's just shit like that. Um, and the dialogue is just hilarious. So for for me, those are, those are my three. If, if you're looking for, for something out there, I, like I definitely it. second apex legends. I think that's right up your alley, honestly. Yeah, Apex Legends. I played it a little bit. It's made by the same people who did Titanfall, I think. And yeah, you know, correct same world like universe too. I, yeah. Titanfall Two was like some of the best multiplayer, kind of on that last generation of Xbox. But I don't know why they didn't keep going. I think it was because it also came out at the same time as one of the Call of Duties, so it just got right. bogged down completely. Um, so mine also, you could kind of say it's family friendly. Um, but it does get a little sweaty and I didn't realize it's actually two years old and it's awesome to play with your significant other. It's it's takes two. Have you guys played that game? I, I haven't. Little, I played a little of bit it. of it. Yeah. Did you? Dude. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a cool, it's just such a cool premise. And they're actually, it's the same, um, studio that made a way out, which was, Mm-hmm. Like these two guys who were trying to break out of prison, uh, really like that game as well. But it takes two is basically about this couple who's about to get a divorce, and their daughter is kind of like broken up about it, and she like makes this wish over some like love book, and she cries on these two dolls, and the parents wake up and they're these little dolls, like these like um, like wool dolls or whatever, and they have to basically fight through the house to like mend their relationship. 
I haven't finished it yet, but it is, it's a really cool concept and you've got to work with each other to get things done. So it actually can <laughs> help with people's relationship and their communication, <laughs> but it is very fun. Oh, yeah. That's I just kind of got that. That came back into my life again because Grant was here. So we were playing that with him over the past weekend and it was a lot of fun. So recommend nice. it if you haven't played it. Yeah, Chris, I know you and Sabrina would have a good time with it. Yeah, we got to check that out. I think you've mentioned it to me before, and um, I always hit you back with Battle Block Theater. It was a 360 game, but kind of similar. You have to work in in tandem to help lift each other up and toss each other, and uh, that's how you get through levels. But you did also spark another idea, uh, just wrapping up, talking about video games here, um, that we might be able to do in the future, possibly when you get a gaming PC, because I don't know if my computer has the capacity to do it. But if we did like a Jackbox uh, stream, there's a bunch oh, of those Jackbox cool, yeah. games where like you can just throw the code up there and everyone at home can play along with us while we're doing it. Um, I think those those games are a good time. Like we had a whole I think party where we had a bunch of people over here and Ian, you got to get out to the house. Have you have you been out here? Did you come to the player haters wall? I did not. I don't That's remember right. what happened, but it's a drive, man. I understand. It's yeah. it's a drive out here. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, man, I know uh, we kind of went long on on the movies and games there, but um, I did want to ask you guys um, about like some music, um, what you're listening to, albums you've listened to recently, and if there's any like concerts um, that you have coming up in the in this year that you're looking forward to, might be interested in in checking out. I know uh, Mike and I will be going to see Logic in in June when he comes through town with Juicy J. Juicy J. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. I feel like Juicy J is going to be awesome to see live. Um, I haven't really looked too hard, to be honest. Um, I've been trying to keep my eye at Red Rocks Amphitheater because I I really, really want to see a show there. Like it's, it's like a bucket list thing. That place looks awesome. But it doesn't look like anything's coming that I really want to see this season. Um, so I probably should be looking elsewhere. Um Another big thing is I'm trying to see like older artists before they retire or or leave us. Um, so I'm looking at like Bruce Springsteen stuff like that to try and catch them before they wrap it up. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good idea. I mean, I wish. Um... I kind of wish I had gotten to see, I don't know how good he would have been at his age, but I think Elton John just did his like farewell tour not too long ago. I think that would have been really cool to see. Um, honestly, like you mentioned Red Rocks, like I'm Mike, I know you went a couple years back and saw Talib Kweli and um, Mostaf and a few other guys up there. That's a, that's a venue I really want to check out. I've never been to a concert out of state before. Uh, I think that'd be like a really cool experience. Um, I've never even, I, I've also kind of want to check out like a music festival uh, maybe not Coachella, but I think I saw Bonnaroo had a pretty pretty cool lineup this year. Mike, have you uh, ever been, or have you guys ever been to a festival? You know, I don't think that I've ever been to an actual like music festival with multiple stages. I don't think so. I've always just been to the one venue, and then you know you have different acts. But nope, never been to Coachella. Never been Lollapalooza. Never been. What is it? Warp Tour? Do they even do that anymore? Yeah. I don't think so. Ian, I feel like you were about to say something there. Sorry. Yeah, they don't do Warp Tour anymore, and that is actually the one thing that can be called a music festival that I went to, is I did, like, one day at a Warp Tour. Um, 
the sucky part is that they don't tell you is that whatever whatever band you're like dying to see, their set's gonna be squished down because they need to fit so many bands in one day. So while you're you might go see your favorite musician, you're gonna see a very condensed version of their concert. Um just to squeeze everyone in. It's just a trade-off that I don't really hear anyone talk about. They just talk about how awesome it is. So just food for thought. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Like instead of seeing like a 45, 60 minute set, you got like a nice clean 20 minutes where it's like, oh, that was I Joey Badass's really two taste. songs. I, yeah. say, I, I didn't even really get a taste. Unless you go see Taylor Swift and apparently she freaking does a three hour set. My goodness, man. Dude. <laughs> You see that Glend- is impressive, man, to be honest. You see Glendale renamed Glendale Swift City for two days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, I heard someone mention it. I might have been – I don't remember who it was, but uh, they said that more people went and saw Taylor Swift at State Farm Stadium than were there for the Super Bowl. I saw that which, too. Which makes sense because you got people on the field, so you can fit more people in. Yeah. Um, I mean, that doesn't quite surprise me, but just the fact that there's that many people that want to go see Taylor Swift, that part, that part kind of surprised me, I guess, to be honest. I did not know she was that popular. Like, obviously I knew she was one of the most popular musicians out, but I did not know that she had that large of a following, honestly. I think a big thing about it as well is she hasn't toured for a number of years. So this was kind of her first time out and about again that does make sense and then so brie went to the concert on friday and she was of course she's telling me about the whole the hoopla of what happened the same way that we talk about sports and in trades and that kind of stuff she's tapped into that she knew all about well they did all these pre-sale tickets and you only a certain amount of codes were supposed to go out but then the pre-sale tickets basically sold out the shows. So then Taylor Swift was all mad at Ticketmaster. So then she started adding on concert dates because she was only technically supposed to be here in Arizona for one day. But then I she added that second that. day. So, I mean, and she sold out both days. Yeah, dude, she's a superstar, man. But That's outrageous. Wild. I just, um, and a quick, no, go ahead. Go Mike, ahead. No, go, Chris. Go, Chris. I was just going to say, just on that Taylor Swift topic, I just did a quick Google search to because I was like, I wonder if more people went to the World Baseball Classic at Chase Chase Field, but it wasn't even close. I think it was like some 43,000 that went to Chase Field for the World Baseball Classic. It was like, I think, 69 or 70,000 I just read went to State Farm Stadium, and it broke the record for uh, most in attendance to, to see uh, like a female artist or something like that. And the fact that she did it two nights in a row is just incredible. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that went two nights in a row that are just crazy super fans, but... Even still, man, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I'm. Go ahead, Ian. I was just gonna say, can you imagine being on stage in front of seventy thousand people? Like that's the most nerve wracking thing I've ever heard in my life. And to Some do it people, two nights in a row, man, dude, they just get in the zone. They block them out. And I just like, I would honestly wonder what the viewpoint is like from the stage because there's some stage where it's basically built. You can't even see the people pass like five feet in front of you. So it's almost like mm-hmm. you're performing to nobody. So then all your nerves go away. But yeah. as far as going back to kind of what kind of music I've been listening to, I got to be honest, man, not a whole lot, especially since we've been doing this kind of podcast stuff. I, I'm just listening to different sports podcasts or sneaker podcasts and the gaming stuff. And that's 
kind of what I do. I think the the most amount of music I listen to is when I'm working at the Y on Saturdays and I have to put on the jock jams. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> like that's what I'm really listening to nowadays. I mean, we're going to see Logic. Lo- I I was on stage with Logic in 2014, uh, dancing around in a freaking bear suit, and I haven't even listened to his entire new album yet. Like I I just barely kind of started listening to it the other week, but I don't know. I it just it's not the same, and I don't want to be a downer, but I, I'll be honest with you, man. I I think I haven't listened to music the same way since Mac died. Like that's just yeah that's just how it's been it was funny i was just perusing around youtube the other night and i was listening to diablo and i was like dude this was like the last time that i really was listening to music on a consistent basis swimming and we were supposed to go see him at the marquee theater yeah and he passed away what two weeks before the concert if that something like that yeah he was and he was gonna tour with thundercat man i I was gonna get to see mac and thundercat i'm glad I got to see Mac at least one time live uh, before he passed. Um, at that same concert, I touched Tory Lane's sweaty ass back as he walked <laughs> past me. <laughs> Tory ass sweaty ass sweaty ass short ass back short ass sweaty ass Lane. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, Mac Mac's passing hit me really hard because uh, his music just like really evolved from being like the mixtape rapper to making like musical masterpieces and like was self-taught on a lot of different instruments like piano and and drums and things like that uh so i agree with you mike uh i would say though uh, one artist i've been listening to a lot recently that's really grown on me and i think you'd actually really like him is uh Givian. he's an r&b singer uh he featured on the chicago freestyle uh drake song um but he has a whole album i, I don't know if it's his most recent one or the one before but it's like a cover to cover just about for me where it's like it is r&b so it's like a little bit slower a little softer but it's it's a vibe man and that's an artist like i'm i keep like every every couple weeks i google to see if he has tour dates coming up because as soon as he comes to phoenix i'm gonna go see him for sure yeah can you spell givian g-i-v-e-o-n gotcha i I, you know i definitely enjoy those kind of acts like daniel caesar um even to some extents you could say bryson tiller but i know he still Mm kind of goes with some of that like trill hip-hop singing stuff um but yeah as far as like my mount rushmore of guys i wanted to see mac was one we were about to get it and unfortunately he, he passed but then the other one going back to when i ian you got to go to red rocks I, it's an incredible venue I, that concert i saw it was brother ali royce to five nine um most Def and Talib Kweli and Nas. So I knocked out a whole bunch in that one. My biggest one that I wanted to go <laughs> see was uh, Most Def and Talib Kweli. Most Def was at the end of the concert was like spinning around in a circle for like four minutes. It was freaking crazy, dude. But I think, and Ian, I know you'll appreciate this. I think the other guy that's on my list right now that I really, really want to go see is Action Bronson. If oh, he goes yeah. on, on tour ever again. Like would really, really like to go see him. We missed then, him last year at a marquee. Yeah, we screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, but, we did. But I think, you know, the one guy over the past couple of years that I've always listened to and has been Logic and his concert tickets are pretty cheap every time he comes. So it's like, Chris, you want to go? Like, 
We've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him like five times already. But literally sixty bucks, I could stomach that on like nothing. I'll go see him again. So it's fun, right? You know, make a night of, out of it. You know, a, a guy that just came through here recently that I would have probably been interested to see if the tickets weren't astronomical is the weekend. Um, I don't quite know. I know, Mike. I know you love the weekend. I love the weekend. Yep. But I, I don't. I don't know how he does live. Like, I've, my old roommate Cassie. Uh, her and her boyfriend Chris, they went to go and see him, mm. and I think she took some videos. Sounded the same, like dope. He's a singer, man. So that's a fair point. I feel like he's one of those dudes where if his if his voice or if his um throat doesn't feel like it's in perfect condition, like if he has a little tickle in his throat, he's, he's shutting it down. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see money, that. Money back to everybody. Just. I could definitely see that. And I know like there's obviously with doing like a big tour like that and being a singer, like you got to have some backing like track too. You can't be singing the entire song the entire time. So that, that helps a little bit too. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned logic though. Um, Ian, there's a song on his new album called self-medication um, and it features Seth MacFarlane. Yes. The creator of family guy, but he, he sings in like the style of Frank Sinatra and it sounds just like him, dude. It really does. It <laughs> truly was incredible. I'd almost like to see a full like Seth MacFarlane album of just like either doing Frank songs or if he could collaborate with someone to write him a bunch of originals. Like that would just be Chef's Kiss. I don't know if you remember he did, he did the voice of Brian in Family Guy, and uh, when Brian sings, I, I always thought it sounded a little bit like Frank Sinatra, like just that style, you know. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if there's a music video out for it, but when you play it on Spotify, um, it does have like that clip from Family Guy where Brian is singing with, um, I forget what the character's name is in Family Guy, Dino or whatever. I want to say Dino Spumoni, but I know that's not right. Yeah, that's from Hey Arnold. <laughs> that's Hey Arnold. <laughs> well, fellas, we, we had a good stream here. I honestly wasn't sure how long we'd be able to go on pop culture, but fuck, we might have to work this in uh, every other month or something like that because this is... This is a good time and always uh, plenty to talk about. Um, but Mike, I'll pass it over to you. Actually, no, fuck that. Ian, I'll pass it over to you first. Is there anything else you would like to say uh, to the people or to get off your chest before we take off? Um, I hope everyone uh, does their best for the rest of the month. And um, don't be afraid to get your prostate looked at because that kills a lot of people every year if you have cancer. A yeah. solid PSA. Hell yeah. Mike, what about you? Any medical procedures you recommend? <laughs> I was going to say, Ian's always out here looking out for the people while we're over here just plugging our own shit. But <laughs> I'm going to do that. Latest Suns recap is live on YouTube. We got a couple more weeks without Durant. We'll see what's going on with the Suns. Unfortunately, we lost to the Lakers tonight. Oof. Going to be a tough one, but super excited, man. I think next week we're going to do a baseball preview stream. So make sure you guys stay tapped into that. I'm sure Mr. Ian will be uh, joining us talking about some Yankees baseball and what the outlook for the MLB looks like. We'll have biweekly recaps for the Diamondbacks hitting once the season starts as well. We're keep we're plugging it along, man. This is just too much of a good time. So appreciate you, Ian, for always hopping on and joining us. And Chris, always appreciate you too, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, gentlemen, for being on tonight. Like I said, it was a lot of fun. 
Um, everything Mike said, I won't bog you down, but a lot in the works. We're going to keep pushing, trying to get this content out to you. So as you see there below, make sure you're following us at AZ underscore VSP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Also Valley Sports Plug right here on YouTube. Make sure you ring that bell so you know when we're going live. And then uh, Facebook, man, that's where we post updates as well. So we will see you soon. Uh, for Michael Benjamin and Ian, I am Chris Patrick. We'll see you next time. Peace.